If today was not in its highway If tonight was not in its trail If tomorrow wasn't such a long Yes, and only if my own true love was waiting If I could hear her heart softly pounding Only she was lying by me Then I'd lie in my bed Hey, this is Robert Mitchell with a new high tide for the dream time. I've been away, I've been traveling, I've been busy, I've been writing, but I got something to say. Something to talk about. Um, You know, this has been a podcast, the one I'm going to give that I've been thinking about for a while. And uh, it was sort of inspired this week because... Uh, How to Change Your Mind, Michael Pollan's book, came out on uh, Netflix, and I think I watched four episodes of it. (sighs) It was okay. Um, But the overall focus on psychedelics was on their uh, therapeutic use for people who are suffering. So Islet Waldman talked about her microdosing and her suicidality. Um, she wrote a very good day, I think was the name of her book. And then they talked to some guy with OCD and he uh, talked about how psychedelic psilocybin helped his OCD. And then uh, a combat veteran talked about MDMA. And then a Native American talked about using peyote to stop uh, drinking and drugging. Uh, so, and they were all people who'd use psychedelics to help them with their pathology. So the, uh, title of this, again, it's going to be psychedelics are not for sick people. Um, and the reason I'm going to say this is because just as people have, uh, companies have tried to position themselves so that they can use, provide the uh, material that we do psychedelic therapy with, like Compass Pathways and a tie. Um, I think that the mental health uh, quadrant of our society is trying to uh, monopolize using psychedelics for themselves, for their business, for their... Uh, ideology, for their methodology, for their uh, notions of what psychedelics are. And it's really interesting. I come from this from a very, from a unique perspective because I went through graduate school at the California Institute of Integral Studies, which is where they have a psychedelic uh, 
certification program now. And I studied with a lot of psychedelic pioneers. And one of the things that I found was in the therapeutic community, there tends to be a focus on pathology and the notion that there's something wrong with everybody. And the notion that everybody's got some kind of pathology that needs to be healed. And all, you know, a, a significant amount of people do. But that is such a boring way to look at people. And it's really uncreative. And it was part of the reason why I didn't become a therapist was because I thought that the modality wasn't that creative. And the people who I think are sort of positioning themselves to create psychedelic centers, maps, people like that, they're not creative either. They are not creative thinkers. And what the world needs right now is creative problem solvers. It doesn't need more medicines. They've already created medicines for our sick society. They've created Adderall for kids ADD and Ritalin. They've created SSRIs for people's depression. And they've created benzodiazepines for people in anxiety. And it's all based on a mechanistic model of consciousness. Uh, that, there's, that the brain is like a machine and it's off. Uh, SSRIs treat the brain like it's a motor that's low on oil. And if we can just get more serotonin going in it, um, it's going to work better. Uh, Ritalin and Adderall place the limitation of people's uh, attention on their brain chemistry as well. And, you know, we live in a society that conditions people to have short attention spans, that attacks people's attention spans, that rewards people's short attention spans. So we're giving medication to 10-year-olds and 12-year-olds and 14-year-olds thinking that's going to change their experience when their experience has been conditioned by the culture that we live in, by the internet, by Instagram, by Facebook, by uh, texting, um, by not handwriting, by not talking on the phone, by not reading social cues because everybody's communicating through their phone. These are all pathologies of our culture at, that are built into the culture. And the idea of creating medicines to address this is absurd. And the idea of psychedelic medicine is absurd. Medicine is for sick people. Now, there is a large percentage of the population that could benefit from psychedelics with OCD and depression and anxiety and addictions to nicotine and marijuana and alcohol and drugs. You know, all those people can benefit from psychedelics. No doubt about it. No doubt about it that I've seen it work with lots of people. However, psychedelics do a lot of other things. And if they're controlled by people who uh, aim to, to attack pathology, they're going to leave a lot of people out of the loop of the benefits of psychedelics. Because one of the things that psychedelics can do 
And one of the things psychedelics has done is create visionary experiences and increase people's creativity, people's relationship to the cosmos, people's relationship to their timeless self that's not bound by biography or history, which is where a lot of pathology lies because we're all raised by other people who are, who are sort of tied by their bi- biography and their uh, history and the limitations of the way they were raised. So we are in an environment where all these unacknowledged parts of ourselves uh, don't get stimulated and don't get known by our environment, not by our families, not by our emotional uh, relationships, not by our peers, because they don't have it in them either. People's consciousness is conditioned by their experience unless they assert and define themselves as being a pursuer or in pursuit of expanding consciousness. And there is no exception to this rule. And a lot of those pathologies that psychedelics are addressing are a result of restricted attention, are a result of focusing on feelings, on experiences, on conditioning that is less than ideal, that's suboptimal. So we've all got parts of ourselves like that. I have parts of myself like that. However, psychedelics' real capacity is to put each and every person in touch with a timeless intelligence, which is their origination, which they are a unique expression of but no more unique than anybody else. And the, the opportunity that psychedelics offers to people is for them to be inspired to express the unique capacity that they have in themselves that nobody else on earth experiences and a capacity that goes beyond their experience of themselves in this lifetime, that the bedrock of their experience lays outside the constrained capacity of our senses to tell us who we are, what we're from, where we began, what our limitations are, what our capacities are. That is the great pathology of our time and has been for thousands of years is we're so caught up in our notions of ourselves in relationship to our culture, which is not anybody's friend. Culture is sort of like the lowest common denominator of everybody in it. It's something that people relate to as a uh, field of usually mediocrity. You know, if you look around, if you look around in the culture and see what's presented in music and film and, you know, most of it's really mediocre politics. Um, There's just not a lot of intellect. There's not a lot of insight. There's not a lot of intuition about the human capacity in any of that. And psychedelics, whether it's psilocybin or LSD or MDMA or... DMT or 5-MeO-DMT or mescaline, they offer the opportunity to see through the veil of consensus and to see through the veil of the consensus about who you are and what you are and where you're coming from and where you're going, period. 
Now, psychedelics are going to be able to help out a lot of people with mental disorders who are suffering using SSRIs and benzodiazepines and uh, stimulants. Uh, like, you know, th there's no doubt about that. But that's just the beginning. We don't need centers that only treat people who do that. We need centers that allow people to reach their full potential, that allow people to have transcendent transformational experiences that they are not going to have any other ways unless they devote themselves to some kind of spiritual uh, technology like meditation or yoga um, or, you know, or some great uh, defining artwork of their life. Psychedelics offer something that nothing else does. They offer an opportunity to get objectivity on every single person's life outside of their conditioning. And if that is only taken advantage of by people who are suffering, then psychedelics' potential will be lost because there is so much impact that psychedelics can have on the culture. There is so much impact that psychedelics can have on our collective. There's so much impact psychedelics can have on the arts. There's so much impact psychedelic can psychedelics can have in making visionary contributions to the world that we live in, socially, politically, creatively, emotionally, and spiritually. You know, I, I, the, the spiritual capacities of psychedelics as a catalyst for transcendental spiritual experiences are really unsurpassed by anything else. Now, they're not a discipline in themselves. I've said this many times. They're not a path. But they will take you up and see the world and yourself in a whole new way. It's kind of like uh, the Whole Earth Catalog. In 1968, the year I was born, the Whole Earth Catalog came out because Stuart Brand in 1966 began a campaign asking NASA why there was no photographs of the Earth from space. Why hadn't that been done? And then I think in 1968 or 1967, a photograph was taken by one of the astronauts and it showed the Earth in as a blue and white and green and brown and yellow gem and white because it had clouds floating in the vastness of space and was probably the greatest picture taken of the 20th century. Look it up, the earth from space. And that totally changed the whole perspective on what it meant to be human on what it meant to be on the earth, which was in a vast universe. It wasn't like looking at outside your door and seeing the corner grocery store and the street you walk around every day. It was seeing the earth in the context of the cosmos that it inhabited. And it changed so many things. It was the great image of the 20th century. And the same thing can happen for every single person who's listening to this podcast. The same thing can happen from a psychedelic experience with somebody who's qualified and smart and sensitive and knows how to help you have that experience. You can have that experience. You can experience your life in the vast cosmos of of 
you know, a, a universe that is 12 billion light years wide and 13 billion uh, years old. And just as this week, there is a new telescope that is looking deeper into the universe with higher resolution than we've ever seen before. That's what psychedelics do. They will allow you to look deeper into your universe than you have ever seen before. Guaranteed. Guaranteed that this would happen for most people who use them intelligently. Now, if psychedelics become something regulated, and it's going to happen by the mental health industry because there's all these therapists who want to be doing psychedelic therapy because it's a revenue stream, who, who, who want to get trained, and they don't have the expanded capacity to know what the real uh, potential of psychedelics are, then psychedelics are going to stall because all the people who could be helped by them will be helped by them. Not everybody. Not everybody that can be, not everybody that can be helped by psychedelics will be. It's just not going to happen. And some people are going to want to be helped by psychedelics, and they're not going to help them. It doesn't help everybody. Not everybody is designed to be helped by psychedelics. It's just how they work. They don't work for everybody. However, if they do work for people, they can be the most transformative experience of their life. They are unparalleled in their capacity to change the experience of human beings. Just like the photograph of the earth that was taken from space has the capacity to change uh, how people saw the earth in relationship to the rest of the cosmos. And we all have the capacity to change like that. Every person who can hear this has that capacity to change, no matter how successful or unsuccessful they feel in their life, no matter how realized or unrealized they feel in their life, if they connect to a more eternal aspect of themselves, a more eternal foundation, and turn away from the transitory aspects of their consciousness that are conditioned, then they are going to have more joy. They're going to have more creativity. They're going to have more flexibility. They're going to have more optimism. They're going to have more capacity to believe that they can live a life that is unfettered. I'm 100% sure of this. I'm 100% sure that psychedelics can do this for people. You know, just this past week, I worked with a young person. Great person. Somebody who I'd worked with before. And they had accomplished some things. And they had kind of sort of plateaued in uh, where they were. In, the, um, in their development, even though they were a young person, and their expectations were very, very small. You know, they were very, very, and what they got was this expansive experience of joy, of being unfettered, and being 
just full of the capacity and optimism that life offers to everybody. So the important thing as we, as we approach the injection of psychedelics into the culture is making sure that we don't lose, we, that we don't lose what they do because they're getting pathologized. This would be the worst thing that happened to psychedelics. The best thing that can happen to psychedelics is that they're available across the board and they're available across the board in the culture, not just for sick people, but for people who want to be inspired and for people who want to have visionary experience and for people who want to experience expanded version of their humanity. This can create a framework for a lot of change in the world. And it doesn't have to be 60s misguided mysticism. It can be people linking up the visionary aspects of themselves with the visionary aspects of other people. And this is the greatest thing that psychedelics offers. There are so many problems that can be solved on a quantum level. And that's what psychedelics does. Quantum physics is really looking into the mechanics of physicality and psychedelics look into the mechanics of consciousness. And that is their capacity at full bore to allow each person to look into the mechanics of their consciousness and to harness themselves to something more profound than any restriction they can imagine about themselves or recall about themselves. You know, Carl Jung said that, my, that the core of religion, religare, it's a Latin word which means to reconnect. If you can connect to that, if you can connect to your eternal source, the eternal origin of your nature, of your life, which is not your parents or your family or your family's history, that can change how you're completely oriented towards your life. And it doesn't dismiss our family. It doesn't dismiss our parents. It doesn't dismiss our relations. It doesn't dismiss our friends. It just doesn't limit us. And it doesn't fetter us to things that don't matter or that matter less than our kind of eternal origins, which is you want to talk about pathology, you want to talk about psychological pathology, Jung said that all psychological problems were at their core religious problems. I 100% agree with that because where people have identified them to themselves too restrictively, too small, not connected themselves to the larger, higher functioning parts of themselves, that's where they're going to suffer. That's where their problems are. And unless there is a framework of consciousness where people are encouraged to go beyond their identity, which is a choice, and to go beyond their history, into this framework of something that is bigger than their life, that transcends their life, that preceded their life and will follow it, 
then psychedelics will fail. But if they are included in the culture in a way that they're used as a catalyst for more and more and more and more people to realize their transcendent, transpersonal origins, then they can really do what nature has designed them to do. So let's hope that that happens. This is Robert Mitchell at High Tide in the Dreamtime. You can check me out at www.goingquantum.org or you can leave a review if you've enjoyed this podcast at Apple Podcasts. All right, take care. I'll talk to you next time. I enjoyed this one. Hope you did too. With a clock that always said twelve